Chubb Radio is on an hour of fun, informative hockey talk with Predators PA announcer Paul McCann. Thanks, Paul. Former NHL player and coach Brent Peterson and Predators Watch Party host Zach McCann. This is Slapshot Radio on Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Welcome in to Slapshot Radio on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN 1025, the game. Oh, the Preds are done, and we're going to post-mortem the season. Help us do that tonight is the voice of the Predators, Pete Weber, joining us. I mean, come on, you got the professor. He's also going to give you a preview of tomorrow's two-hour extravaganza here on uh, ESPN 1025, the game, with a season review show that he does every year. It's all brought to you by day one sponsor, Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, the largest wine and spirit store in Middle Tennessee, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, our friends at Lazy Boy Furniture Calories Nashville with three locally owned and operated locations in Middle Tennessee, and the man Carter Church with KW Murfreesboro, your real estate expert. I'm Paul McCann, our co-host are former NHL coach and player Brent Peterson, who is uh, on the, uh, you know, basically on the unable to perform list today. Actually, he's in Missouri. That could be why he's actually enjoying an anniversary week with his family, and we certainly wish him the best. He's there having a good time, him and Tammy, and we wish him, a, him and Tammy a happy anniversary. And, uh, of course, our Predators insider, Preds Watch Party host, all-around good egg, Zach McCann. Zach? I think you're biased, but I appreciate it. I am slightly biased, Glad but that's to be okay. here. Uh, so, it's done. Um, you know, game six obviously went the way everyone expected it to. Of course, with an 8.30 start, you knew it was going to go overtime. The only surprise I had is it didn't go triple overtime. We didn't get out of there at 2.30 in the morning. Um, but Carolina, I, I mean, let, let, let's give all the props in the world. Carolina is a better hockey team. They showed it. And quite frankly, though, I think the Nashville Predators, you know, it's one of those series that you look at and go, woulda, coulda, shoulda. There were opportunities for this team to win this series. I don't disagree that Carolina is a better hockey team. I do disagree on whether or not they showed it. I think that team played undisciplined, chaos-ridden hockey for six games, and it's currently biting them in the keister. I, I was going to say they've played it now for uh, you yeah. know you know seven games, soon to be eight. Yeah, very true. And I mean, it's currently biting them in the keister, considering the way that they're down zero and two right now to Tampa Bay. You look at the way that Carolina has looked inside of that series. I thought that looked like a young team that was kind of getting run out a few times. I don't know if you ever saw Nashville reach the highs that they needed to, but it was absolutely a missed opportunity in a very winnable series. And I mean, let's face it, and your reward would be to, you know, to get steamrolled by the Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning. If this goes five, I'm going to be surprised. Oh, at this rate, I mean, um, goodness gracious. I, I would have been surprised even at the beginning, mm-hmm. just after we observed what we observed from Carolina. Um, and, and again, full props to them. You know, they, they came up with the, they came up with the big goals from veteran leadership exactly when it needed to happen, both in Game Five and Game Six, where Nashville had owned overtime previously. Uh, Carolina flipped it on them, and they knew that they had to get on it quick, and that's what they did. I think they had a total of their two wins was a total of maybe what four minutes, five minutes of overtime, if that much. Mm, no. So when when you look at it. You know, a lot of the postmortem that's going on right now is, all right, what do you do with this team? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't envy 
uh, David Poyle's position right now. For years, the messaging has been, hey, we're close, just a few complimentary pieces. I think this is one of the first times where this team truly finds itself at a crossroads. Not only at a crossroads, but when you look at this Nashville Predators team and where it, you know, how it's constructed right now, you've got Ryan Johansson through 2025. You've got Matt Duchesne through 2026. You've got Colton Sissons through 2026. Um, you've got Roman Yossi through 2028. Everyone's happy about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got Ryan Ellis through 2027. I-, I look at all of this and go, you know, your core is set unless Seattle, unless you expose some of them and Seattle manages to grab one, but your core is set right now. I mean, that really is the looming ghost right now. That is the Seattle expansion draft. You did have some interesting comments come out of both Philip Forsberg and Matthias Ekholm today, both saying that they'd be interested in signing long-term with Nashville. Ekholm basically saying, I want to be here for as many years as I possibly can. So, and you know, that's certainly something that you take heart in because I think those are two of your premier players. But honestly, the biggest difference, I think, between Carolina and Nashville is the people up front for Carolina showed up in our series. And I don't know if you can say really the same for Nashville star players. For consistency, no, I agree. I think you give full credit to Ryan Johansson, led the team with three goals, you know, certainly played that playoff Johansson style of hockey. That we're used to seeing, yep. I think that Forsberg was largely neutralized after that first game. Agreed. I think uh, Duchesne, like most of the year, had great looks and couldn't seem to put it together. But as soon as he was put on that top line with Johansson and Forsberg, you saw that come alive. And I think should Duchesne and Johansson survive the expansion draft and still be Nashville Predators, that does need to be your top line come opening night. So what do you do with, uh, you know, you've got some decisions that need to be made right now. You've got um, you've got a Callie Yarncroke. You've got a, um, you know, that is signed through next year. You've got a Victor Arvidsson that's signed through 2024. And look, I, you know, I love Victor Arvidsson to death, always have. But you have to wonder, it, it, it may not be the age of the car, but boy, the mileage is starting to catch up with Victor Arvidsson. And I think we've seen, we have seen that you know, fairly frequently this year. I think, if anything, uh, the real question for this team is, yet again, what expansion type of protection are they going to go with? Because the play of Alex Carrier has really made this decision a lot tougher for David Poyle. Because no in this case, you know, the original thought was, okay, you protect Ellis, you protect Yossi, you protect Fabro, you expose Ekholm, you're probably going to lose him anyway. Ekholm doesn't want to get exposed. So at this rate, you're probably looking at, defending, at protecting eight players. And it would not shock me if you see five defensemen protected in those numbers. You see Yossi protected. You see Ekholm protected. Mm-hmm. Um, Fabro is an interesting take. He's still young for a defenseman, especially, but he is a but he is an RFA, so they can expose him without exposing him. Right. You can you can take advantage of that. You've got a couple of others. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to sign Mikhail Granlund until after the um, after the expansion draft. Same goes with Eric Hollis. Same goes with 
you know, if you're interested in bringing Brad Richardson back, I don't know if we are or not. I don't know how much is left in that tank. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the fact that he only played one game in the playoffs is awfully telling of that situation. So I think that you're probably not going to see Richardson back. I think they liked Eric Halla. I think he started to really put it together towards the end of the year. But I think you have some youth that is waiting in the wings that needs to play. I think next year is kind of put up or shut up time for players like Rem Pitlick. I think it's really kind of a proving year for Ellie Tolvanen, who had flashes of absolute brilliance this year. And then you wonder if the game got a little too big for him when it came to the playoffs. Well, I'm actually willing to give him a little bit of a break only because he didn't look like the same player coming back from injury. He just did. You know, you saw him. You know, it's interesting. I think if the if the um, if the team had survived the first round, he just looked like he was dialing it in. And I'll give I'll give Coach Hines full credit. You got to go with the ones that are going right now. And and Tolvanen, you could see him dial it in. You could see that just the shots getting closer and closer, more and more posts, more and more ticking off, just an inch or so off. You saw it coming. So I'm I'm kind of willing to go okay on that one. Um, but you know you've got a couple of other RFAs that you've got to look at. All of a sudden, you know Matthew Olivier's an RFA. Tanner Jeannot is an RFA. Um, you know, um, yeah. A little player named UC Soros. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that was an inter- that's an interesting one as well because I think coming into the season was a different feel for UC Soros. It was definitely, you know, for Soros coming in, it's put up or shut up time. Um, put up. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we see that he has put up and put up big time. So when you look at that, you go, okay – your goaltending situation, at least as we stand right now, is fairly set. So when you've got your, you know, so that's going to happen. He's going to get re-signed. There's no question about that. But the other ones that I'm really, really interested in, um, you know, and unfortunately the lack of a juniors season this year has accelerated the development of one Philip Tomasino. But I think that I think this was probably the best thing that could have happened for him because he's shown that he not only belongs in the AHL, he's shown a real heavy touch in the AHL that almost makes you think he's probably going to get a game or two in Nashville next year and maybe yep. solidify his presence in this lineup. Well, the interesting thing with a reg- with a quote unquote regular season next year, um, it wouldn't surprise me, and, and we've heard, uh, you know, we've heard Coach Peterson say this over and over again that, you know, um, you know, when you're looking at a player that completely said, you know, uh, uh-uh, you, you've got to bring me up, you know, that's happened a couple of times, and I think this is something that they're probably going to be looking for from a Philip, uh, from a Philip Tomasino because he certainly had an outstanding run. In Chicago this year with the Wolves, with the uh, Wolver, uh, mm-hmm. out of Wolves, yeah, you know, something like, that. something like that, the Milwaukee Chicago Wolves. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, so I agree with you with with Luke Pick, uh, with uh, Rem Picknick. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what David Ferrance does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think you've got you know some other players that are just bubbling under. I mean, Carrier, you're good. You got him for th- you know you got him for two more seasons before he even hits restricted. Sure, but again, are you, at that rate, he needs to be protected. So you also have the looming specter of the expansion draft. I don't think he needs. He does need. He, yes. uh, played enough games to be. Uh, okay, well, you know what? I think that's one you have to. Yeah, I now, think at this rate, from the expansion draft perspective, 
you're probably going to lose either a Colton Sissons or a Callie Yarncroke. And I'm going to make a couple of other suggestions in there, but we're up against a break. I do want to make sure that we get get Pete Weber on here for his full segment. Hey, we do like to thank our premier sponsor of Slapshot Radio. From day one of the show, they've been behind us. It's Drs. Aileen Kruger and Tyler Boland over at Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Man, what a great staff, a great environment. They do make it so easy to get your dental needs taken care of. And if it wasn't enough, all the latest in dental technology available to you at Well. So check out their website at webrightensmiles.com. Call them for an appointment at 615-872-7762. That's 615-872-7762. Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. We brighten smiles. Kenny knows how to pick the right song, you know? How are you going to pick up the pieces? That's what we got to do after like this season. It. I like it. Pulling out the average white man. I like it. Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025, the game. Streaming live on the game Nashville app. And we are picking up the pieces after the Predators go down uh, in the first round to the Carolina Hurricanes. I'll tell you what, there's a surprise going on already in game one in uh, in Winnipeg. Montreal jumps out to a 2 nothing lead, but gives up a shorty about two minutes ago. It's 2-1 Montreal. Um, it's it's going to be interesting here to figure out who's going to be the uh, who's going to be the ones to pick these uh, pick these series. We're going to do that a little bit later <laughs> on. And I know Zach's already. Oh, I'm picking Winnipeg. I know I'm picking Winnipeg. And Montreal goes up two nothing, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know nothing says peak NHL like boy, what a goaltender duel this is going to be, and then three goals in the first few minutes. But, yeah, uh, it's going to be a defensive battle. That's mm-hmm. for darn sure. So Slapshot Radio, and we are. Efforting getting Pete Weber on. Uh, the technology is failing us just a tad here. So uh, Pete is actually going to probably be picking up the uh, the ball of string and the two tin cans in just a few seconds to join us. Kenny, you got him? Okay, he's almost there. Pete, are you there? And while we're saying it, Pete, are you there? Uh, Montreal just scored again. It's 3-1 Oof. Montreal already, and they're not even out of the first period. Uh, anyone that had three goals... On Halibuck, in the first 17 minutes and 14 seconds of the series, you've just won. Yeah, my hot take was going to be, um, I don't know if the goals reach double digits in this, and now they might reach it this game. <laughs> Looks <laughs> like we've got them. You did say that. <laughs> so anyway, Peter, uh, I know you probably have this game going on as well. Joining yeah. us from the, uh, from the palatial Weber, Weber Mansion. Buried in the beautiful Weber hills. Estate. Yes, buried in the beautiful hills of Antioch, Tennessee. The one and only Pete Weber. Pete, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I was even listening to the uh, TSN 690 pregame show from Montreal last hour. Yeah, uh, getting getting involved in all of this, uh, and I don't think they envisioned, like you say, taking the overs here. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, literally, Zach and I were talking before the game, and Zach was saying, "Because I don't know if we're going to get double digits in this series." <laughs> And and if they keep this up, it'll be double digits by the third period. So, Peter, you know we've been, we've been sitting here talking about the uh, talking about the season, and um, I have to admit I do not um, envy David Poyle and the decisions he has to make over the next couple of months. There is no way to be in that envious sort of situation. He has a lot in front of him right now, and <clears throat> this was a club. 
that made the playoffs primarily because of the performance of role players and goaltending. And uh, then you had, and I got to say, in the playoffs, I think Ryan Johansson performed very well. As a matter of fact, he led the club with three goals. But uh, there's, <laughs> okay, for example, Claudia and I are watching the end, not knowing it would be, yeah. of the Islanders-Bruins game the other night. <clears throat> and that breakaway goal by Casey Sezikis. And Claudia goes over to me, do we have anybody that could do that on a regular basis? And I said, yeah, Eric Howla and, uh, you know, and people like, and Luke Cunning. They're the sort of guys that scored breakaway goals. And so that's what brings us down to the problem that we have right now. And this is a team that played 37 players, 34 skaters, three goaltenders this year, 12 rookies, and somehow or another. And that certainly wasn't the vision heading into training camp or heading into the season. But well, that certainly wasn't the vision at all. And that wasn't the vision, Pete. But, I, I mean, the, you know, there was plenty of talk before the season of a youth movement of, of trying to yeah. get some more, you know, some more youth. And obviously I don't think, you know, 12 rookies getting into the lineup wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> something that was there, but I mean, I, I think you can fairly say that this season began to turn around with the injuries to some of the veteran players that gave these rookies the opportunity. Without a question, without any question whatsoever. And for the most part, they took that opportunity, grabbed it and ran with it and probably carved out uh, at least a good, healthy invitation, not one of those perfunctory, okay, come to camp, you'll have a shot, you know, that uh, probably means as much as someone in Hollywood calling you, that they'll say you'll call you for lunch someday. Uh, that's just, uh, but they did grab it, they ran with it, and I think out of all of those, uh, on defense, I'm going to have to say that the guy who really ran with it was Alexander Carrier. I don't think there's any question there. He certainly grabbed the eyes of people. For a while, Ellie Tolvanen did, too. And uh, let's talk then again about the, however you want to call it, the identity line, the beast line, the herd line. Those guys, both literally and figuratively, made a huge impression. Absolutely, they did. So with all of this in mind, Pete, one thing we were discussing in the first segment was the looming specter that is the expansion draft. Yeah. The way that some of these players have played, would you go eight players instead of the seven, three, and one due to the play of an Alexander Carrier? I'd be tempted. I certainly would be tempted, yes. Uh, And I think that that's, you know, obviously every team is only obligated to lose one player. If you make some other moves to try to make other players more uh, attractive for Seattle to take, that's another matter altogether. But I would think that they probably will end up with four D-men. Well, when you look at – and again, obviously there's going to be a lot of talk about expansion – uh, and, you know, uh, any any way that you arrange these, you're going to expose some good players. And yeah. when you look at some of the comments that were made today, uh, you know, in the in the uh, postseason pressers, uh, yeah. you know, um, Matthias Ekholm making it pretty clear he wants to stay in Nashville. Um, yes. You know, Philip Forsberg making it pretty clear he wants to stay in Nashville. These are, you know, these are going to be not cheap players. No. And then, oh, by the way, you have to sign Soros. Correct. And, you know, I Correct. think he's played himself into 
um, you know, a, a, a very good contract. I mean, you know, there, I, to me, there's no doubt about that. Oh, by the way, you do have to resign Ellie Tolvanen. Tolvanen's a restricted free agent this year. Now you can qualify him. Correct. But, I mean, you know, but the other thing, and, you know, Zach was talking about it earlier, Alexander Carrier is going to be eligible for the expansion draft, which seems incomprehensible, but it is. Yeah. Well, 24 years of age, yes, it does seem that way. But uh, so, so will, I would uh, believe, Jeremy Davies. So these are tough decisions that have to be made. And then, you know, the guys who finish the season at injured reserve, still one season of contract uh, term left for Mark Borowiecki and uh, not making a prohibitive figure at $2 million. Uh, but, you know, want to see what happens to him as he uh, attempts this comeback from the concussion that he suffered and uh, then the depression that came about as part of that. And if you haven't read Mark Borowiecki's Instagram post that he yeah. posted yesterday, please do yourself a favor and check it out. Rare to see that kind of truth and honesty, especially in professional sports. You know, someone who doesn't just tweet Bell Let's Talk, but actually does say Let's Talk. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're you're very right on that one. So, Pete, I mean, obviously the biggest surprise in the first round was the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, but the interesting one that I was looking at, the just looking at the brackets, only one bracket, you know, came out one versus two in the final of the division. That's Colorado-Vegas. Yeah. I, I mean, just fascinating how – you know, in the uh, you know in the East, the, it was the three four that won. The one two were home. Yeah. Um, interesting that it's the three four in the Canadian division in the North. I mean, and you look at the you know the Central still. I mean, okay, the one seed won, but um, yes. their reward is getting steamrolled so far by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right, and that was you know Tampa Bay is a far different team as most of these clubs are from who started simply because. They have Kucherov back, and they have a, a healthier Steven Stamkos back in the lineup right now. But I, I got it, and now I think uh, Carolina with Trocheck and the, the doubtful his ability to participate any further, uh, their depth is severely affected with that. But uh, I can't wait to see Game Two of the uh, Colorado Vegas series tonight. I mean, I, I'm actually kind of shocked. When you think about it, it was only a two-game suspension that was handed out uh, as a result of that. I tell you, that was rodeo-style hockey that we watched the other night in game number one. Yeah, I thought that was far worse <clears throat> than what Nazem Kadri did, who got, what, eight games? I, I he got eight, right, and, and, and he appealed. Now, I've not seen the coverage yet if he has decided to try to take this to a neutral arbitrator. Last I saw, if he, he does, has. Okay, then we'll uh, – so now he is what? Tonight will be his fourth game. I believe of so. that suspension. Yes. Yeah, so uh, they still have the chance to reduce it, but uh, I would be rather shocked, given given rather his track record. I kind of like share what, uh, what, what what did Evander Kane post today. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, I did enjoy Evander Kane's reaction to Ryan Reeves's antics. I guess is the best word for him. Where you say, yeah. "Ah, they shouldn't suspend him. They should instead have to play him twenty minutes a night." <laughs> yes, there you go. That would that would be testing Peter DeBoer, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, where, question. no question. Where could I possibly risk a few more minutes for him here? Yeah. <laughs> so, Peter, the annual uh, season review show is tomorrow night here on the game? Yes, sir. Hal Gill and I will be on from 6 until 8 p.m. along with Darren McFarland. And uh, obviously we'll be focused on what 
David Poyle and John Hines have to say midday tomorrow uh, on their evaluation of this season. So that's 6 to 8 tomorrow night right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. I mean, where else are you going to go for Hockey Talk? Nowhere else. It's right here. Peter, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, after after eight years in the co-host chair here, we always love having you back on the on Slapshot Radio. Well, I enjoy it as well. Thank you so much. And the, the bad thing was I tended to overheat that chair. So <laughs> be careful. That's all I can say, Zach. Well, be careful. Th- that's true. <laughs> and the uh, the other thing I just want to know, you know, uh, you know, hey, um, hey, where are you going, Pete? <laughs> I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go nowhere special. <laughs> yeah, nowhere special. Someplace I always wanted to go. I'm already I'm already planning some minor league baseball trips and <clears throat> a trip to Buffalo to see finally Major League Baseball with fans in my old ballpark. There uh, you go. Should be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Pete, thanks so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate you. We'll get you on one more time before we're done. That's for sure. You and Claudia enjoy the off season. Okay, very well, and then we'll try to discuss at that point in time, can the Sabres possibly mess up winning the draft lottery? Yes. Uh, I, I think we have an answer to that already, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Weber, the voice of the Nashville Predators. Don't forget, join us for the Predators season review tomorrow night, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Hey, don't forget about my friend Carter Church over with KW Murfreesboro. I'm telling you what, the man knows his stuff. You need Carter on your team. you got to take advantage of his 20 years of media and marketing experience that's driven his proven success as a real estate agent. Carter knows homes, so you got to call him at 615-429-2044. That's 615-429-2044. Carter Church is your real estate professional, and Carter knows homes. Slapshot Radio on ESPN 1025, The Game. Oh, yeah. Kenny is just, he's, he's picking some good stuff. I like it. You know, you can, you can never go wrong with Aretha. Never go wrong. At all. At all. So, uh, you know what? It's time for abuse. It is time to heap abuse. And the first thing we're going to abuse, we're going to abuse Brent. Mm-hmm. Because, first off, he's not here. All right, of course. Okay. So he gets abused no matter what. I only talk bad about people who aren't around. That's right. Um, uh, so Brent um, went a stellar 2-6 and six in his picks. He successfully picked Vegas and Colorado. Mm. Wow. Let's see how Zach did. I'm sure Sterling, fantastic, and we don't need to talk uh, about Zach it. Zach went, uh, let's see, 1-1, one, 2, one, lost that one. Whoa. Pick the New York Islanders. Yeah, I believe I uh, gave a, a rousing speech saying you how did. sick you I did. was of the Penguins. You also you also picked Edmonton in four. Yeah, well, um, you had four right. I got that part right. Yeah, exactly. And you also picked Minnesota in seven and Toronto Got in the games six. right again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, three and five, not great. Not awesome. Um, and uh, I didn't do much better because, uh, okay, I got Tampa. I picked Washington over Boston. So much for that. I picked I picked the wrong ex Preds coach. <laughs> I picked Pittsburgh in five. I did pick Winnipeg, uh, and I, I picked Toronto. I wanted to pick Montreal. I didn't. I just didn't have the guts, I guess. And also picked Vegas and Colorado. So five and three is a decent. I mean, that's run. considering that's um, if you add Brent and I's records together, you yeah. get that. I think you did okay. Yeah, not bad, not bad. So um, you know, obviously the series have already began, so it's kind of hard to make calls at this point, but. I think it's time to 
mourn those that have passed. Mm, a to, eulogy. To look, at, look back with fondness of those that have gone before. And, um, and I want to start with a team that hasn't won a clinching series game since uh, 2004. Um, a, a team, a franchise that has not won a Stanley Cup since there was only six teams in the league. Uh, a team that, quite frankly, when they lost game five, I think I mentioned on this show even the pucker factor was going to go through the roof, and it absolutely did. I am talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Boy, if you ever want to believe in the phrase, money can't buy you happiness, look at the situation in Toronto. More money than God in that city with the way that they've committed to this hockey team. And yet, what do you got, Toronto? What do you have? Bupkus. Nothing. You've got overpaid, 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 and no idea where to go next. Now, is this a situation where this is the painful loss before they finally learn how to win? Maybe. We saw it with Tampa. We saw it with Washington. Saw it with a few other things. Or is the stink of failure too great to overcome for the great white north? Wow. That was that was good. Yeah, you know, I tried to capture the spirit of the thing. That wasn't bad. So, uh, so you know, we do say goodbye to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another one that did not um, upset me in the least – being the first team out, I, I come not to uh, to praise the St. Louis Blues, but to bury them. Oh man! And boy, did they get buried! <laughs> uh, I mean, in in, in in a proverbial avalanche, as the case may be. Oh, I was there? I had boy, to go for hey, it. Hey, hey, hey! I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, going down for nothing. I mean, just. Not even basically putting up a fight. Oh, at, n- not apropos of the state they're located in, but boy, did the Blues get smoked by uh, Colorado. No, no question about that. So it's going to be interesting. Two years away from a cup, and uh, you know where this team goes. It's going to be interesting to watch. The other one that I, I we do need to you know kind of give a little bit of a of a, 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 a eulogy to, and that is the Washington Capitals. Um, quite frankly. I expected more out of this team. I mean, they had the Peter Laviolette first year thing going for them, and you thought, you know, oh, great, they got Zdeno Chara. The only problem is... They didn't have a goaltender. And that is kind of important. Usually, yeah. It's kind of important to keep the puck out of the net. Uh, But honestly, the most fun one that I can't wait to do, I mean, I'm going to leave Edmonton alone. They're in enough pain. I mean... I mean, to get swept by Winnipeg, first off, when you have that much talent... Yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, you just have you don't have the defense and you don't have the goaltending. And I think that goaltending was the least of their problems oh, during yes. this series. But also, I think that they are a victim of playoff officiating. Dominic Luce-Chechen put a great article up talking about why the heck Connor McDavid can't draw, draw, claw, draw calls in the playoffs. And it's a valid question. When are they going to start protecting star players the same way that they protect goaltenders? It, it, it's a good point, um, and and you know at this point you look at it and go, does McDavid need his uh, Marty McSorley? Yeah, you know I mean, or does he need his Mark Messier? You know I mean because McDavid is the premier player in the National Hockey League. There's no question about that. But I don't see anyone in there 
and I'm going to use the term protecting him. Okay, and I think that's important for a, a star player like that. I think well, it's important. I also think it's important for an Austin Matthews yeah, in the, Toronto. The league suffers not having Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid in the rest of its playoffs. There's no, there's no suffering without. I mean, look, yes, here in Nashville, <laughs> boo friggity who. But I mean, you look at just from a growing the game perspective. Oh, no question. Well, you know what? But you who grow are your the stars game, now. You grow, but again, you grow the game with more games like that game one of the Tampa Flor- of, the, of the Tampa Bay Florida series. Mm-hmm. That's how you grow this game. Yeah. You, um, you know, but when but I but I still have to get my digs in on Washington now. Of Come course, on. of course. So I mean, you know, when you look at this Washington Capitals team, you know. Unfortunately, you have an Alex Ovechkin that you didn't really surround with the things that you needed. And again, you talk about a team that didn't have the goaltending it needed. And, uh, you know, it's really fascinating to watch because you look at the teams that Barry Trotz, when Barry Trotz is left, the goaltending is dropped. It happened in Nashville, it happened in Washington. I'll guarantee it happens in New York as well. And, you know, it may not be Barry. It's probably more Mitch Korn. Sure. I mean, but he does leave some of the children of the Korn behind. But when you look at the Washington Capitals, I think they were hoping that Peter Laviolette was going to be enough. Sure. But, I mean, even Laviolette's motivational style isn't enough to carry something where you have just some issues up front, whether it's character issues that are going on with certain players, Mm -hmm. um, just surrounding people with the right level of talent. And the real question is, what do you do with Alex Ovechkin now, who is a free agent? I mean, that if you think David Poyle has some issues to deal with, the GM in Washington has a boatload of them to deal with. Come on, Alex, come to Nashville. We've talked about it for years. Let's make it happen. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Uh, you know what? I think we'll leave the segment on that. We've got more to talk about, though. We're going to have our second round picks coming up in the next segment as we close out another edition of Slapshot Radio and the rock and chair of the hockey block here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Penalty Box Radio up next at 8, and we will be right back right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Talking about the Coyotes. What? Slapshot Radio, ESPN 1025, the game. Second period underway in Winnipeg. Game one of the uh, Northern Division final. Montreal up 3 1 as the uh, second period begins. And, uh, you know, some interesting news breaks out of the um, out of the Nashville Predators closing season closing, um, you know, Zoom meetings. And hopefully these are the last ones for a while. Um, but um, the headline on um, on NHL.com, the first line of the story, Pecorine is not committed to finishing his NHL career with the Nashville Predators. And I think that's a little bit of hyperbole. A little clickbaity. A little bit. But when you look at it and go, you know, he, he basically came out and said, look, I want some time. I want to, you know, kind of figure out what's going on with my family, what's going on here. Do I want to do another year in the NHL? Do I want to go play for my hometown team? And, you know, I mean, 15 years with the Nashville Predators. And, um, you know, this is all based on the quote of, I don't want to close any doors, to be honest with you. But he continued in that and said, I've always said that this is my team. It makes me feel proud that I've played for only one team and one organization. But at the same time, 
I don't want to close any doors. I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret. I want to keep that door open to and weigh my options. Sure. And that is reasonable. Complete honesty from, I mean, it's classic Pecorine. Yep. Like that is, and while it would be weird, it would suck, I would hate it. If he wants to, if he thinks he can get a ring somewhere, that team becomes my second favorite team. Oh, no question. And, um, you know, when, when you look at it, it's funny watching after that came out on social media, um, you know, the, the Section 303 account immediately. I don't care what, you know, where, what colors he's wearing. I will never say sucks when Pecorino is, oh. a, is a, I will never boo no. him. I will never, you know, and, and I certainly see that. Mm-hmm. I certainly see that. So it, it'll, that's one thing that'll bear watching. In the off season, um, and we're going to, you know, obviously the the draft lottery happened today, and um, you know, with the Buffalo Sabers winning that first pick, and I think Pete Weber, you know, said it best. What are they going to do to mess this one up? I mean, there's not really much they can do to do a home run, considering it's not an awesome draft. Correct. I mean, Owen Power is kind of the top rake skater right now, and you're probably well, wondering who the hell is Owen Power. Owen Power is a solid defenseman. I think he's. I think he's going to be a good defenseman in this league. Sure. And quite frankly, Buffalo could use a good defenseman. They should. And so when you look at that, okay, that kind of makes sense. The Seattle Kraken come in at number two. They get the pick second in their expansion year, kind of similar to a certain uh, Nashville <laughs> Predators team that got to pick second in their expansion year. Uh, number three, Anaheim. Uh, number four, New Jersey. Number five, Columbus. Um, and. Um, Actually, the winner from a um, from a meme perspective was the GM of the Dallas Stars. That when he was announced with the 14th pick, he kind of looked disgusted on the Zoom call, took out his headphones, just put them down, and just kind of turned away. So, I mean, that's – and I've already seen the memes on, on Twitter that says, you know, what do you do when someone asks one more question on your Zoom call, you know? So, um, you know, the draft is coming. Um, you know, the playoffs are really – starting to heat up now when you look at what's going on let's talk about the second round zach let's go ahead and get our picks in and uh and go from there so zach when you when you look at let's talk about the northern uh the, uh, the northern division or northern conference or whatever they're calling it um scotia bank division brought something you know. like that yes <laughs> um uh, winnipeg and montreal and again you and I were in agreement. It was like, okay, you know, not even going to get double-digit goals. You know, it's 3-1 five minutes into the second period of game one. What's your pick in this one? You know, I'm starting to think that Montreal is just going to keep kind of having this happen for them. So I'm going to say it's going to be Montreal in six. Oof. And Montreal gets to be the one that gets steamrolled by Colorado. Okay. Yep. Um, you know what? I... I think Connor Hallibuck steals a couple of games here. Sure. Uh, I don't think Montreal's offense is as good. The only thing that worries me about Winnipeg is that I, I've never felt they've been really built for the playoffs. No, their defensive end is terrible. They just have Connor Hellebuck. And, you know, and again, Hellebuck can steal a couple. There's no question. I'm going to say this is going to go seven, and I'm going to say Winnipeg's going to win it. Okay. So let's go over to. Uh, this one's really easy because you got a two game head start. Uh Carolina and Tampa. You know, since, it's not it's not it's not who. Yeah. It's how many. I mean, let's be honest here. I think Carolina had a lot of fun at our expense because they knew this was the only series they could possibly win. And so I think Nashville, if they're smart, they send them a banner back. Carolina, twenty twenty one, played four more games than the Nashville Predators. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was. I, I have to admit, I was a little disappointed with the uh, with the team's uh, uh, Twitter feed afterwards. It's like you know what, the series is done. Let's uh, you know let, let let's shake hands and move on. And you know, I I, I had a little issue. with That's that. a franchise that has not figured out that they're good yet. And it still thinks that their cute little underdog shtick is cute. Mm-hmm. And it's just not. It's overplayed. And frankly, if you ask me, um, that's one of the softest medias and softest fan bases in the entire freaking league. Whew. Okay. Hot takes coming over from here. So, your call, obviously. Oh, Tampa and four. Um, I'm going to think Carolina may sneak one out, but I'm going to say Tampa and five. No. Um, the... The one that really has got me interested, uh, splitting the first two games makes this a really interesting series between Boston and New York. The firepower that Boston has is really just undeniable. I mean, that's sec- that's they finally have a second line. Mm-hmm. Having Taylor Hall and Craig Smith play on that second line has just really galvanized that team. And having David Krejci with them, I think that it's going to be Boston in seven. I, and I don't think there's going to be a winner of this series. There will be a survivor, sure. though. And um, you know what? Something's telling me that um, that the Islanders are going to pull this one out. Mm. I just I, I I feel like that again. This Islander team is completely bought in. He, they they smell what Barry Trotz is cooking. That's been the case no for question. years. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I think it's going to come down to goaltending in this. And I think the goaltending matchup is – I mean, Tuka Rask is an outstanding goaltender. I don't understand saying that if it comes if it comes down to goaltending, how do you pick against Boston? Tuka Rask has been one of the best goalies in the playoffs so far. I, so far. I, I completely agree, but I'm saying I'm thinking that that's what it's going to come down to. And I think Mitch Korn and his, and his charges – but you don't even know which goalie is going to play for New York right now. Is it going to be Barlamov? Okay. Is it going to be Sorokin? I mean, like <laughs> – and, and you know what? That's okay. Again, Oof. this is almost the ultimate team at this point. I like Sorokin. Mm-hmm. I, I really like him. I think he's, he, he's a solid goaltender. I think he's going to be good for a long time in this league. Who knows? Does he pull a Ken Dryden? Who knows? Uh, and now we go over to the last but not least, the track meet that is the Colorado-Vegas final out west. Um, good Lord, Colorado just made a statement in game one. That team is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. That's a question of not who's going to win this series, but the real question is, does Colorado go 16-0 and in these playoffs? Woof. That's a hot take there, but you I know what? I don't know. Because who's it's stop feasible them? at this rate. I don't know if there is a team left in the playoffs outside of a fully healthy Tampa Bay. Like Tampa, Colorado right now is the dream Stanley Cup final. Oh, I'm drooling over that. I mean, that would just be fantastic hockey to watch. Well, you're, we you're, won't yeah. get it, but I, you know what? I, you, you know, unfortunately, I think you're probably because right. we all want it. That's why we won't get exactly. it. exactly. But I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if I if they're going to sweep, but um, I don't think I've ever seen uh, this Vegas Golden Knights team completely outmanned. Like they were in Game One, it'll be curious to see what happens tonight in Game Two after uh, after Montreal and Winnipeg now, finishes. The curious thing is, is after Vegas loses and they will lose, do you think they do whatever it takes to pry Jack Eichel out of Buffalo? Because that team is a number one center away. Um, I think they try to, um, but if I'm Buffalo, I don't know 
if we make that move, especially with the help that, you know, after winning the draft lottery? Uh, I don't know. I think that's why you can make that move. You know what? Buffalo is a fantastic fan base. Huh? They have been patient. Oh, they deserve so much they better. They deserve so much better than they, <laughs> what they've gotten. I mean, you know, so when you look at, you know, I mean, when you look at this Buffalo team going back to going back to the fog game, going back to the bat game, going back to, you know, five Super Bowls in a row, wide right, when you look at the skate in the crease, all of this stuff, you have to be a special kind of masochist to be a Buffalo fan. <laughs> and and you know what? They do deserve so much more here, which is one of the reasons why I'd kind of like to see him hold on to Eichel and see if power makes a difference in the and uh, you know on the blue line a year from now, two years from now. Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, Eichel's already basically said, you know, I got to do what's best for Jack Eichel. Rare to see in this sport, let alone yeah. in a market like Buffalo. Well, uh, well, especially, and I mean, I, I get that, but you can also see Jack Eichel coming back and going. But what's best for Jack Eichel is to stay with Buffalo. You can see him saying that just sure, as well. Sure, sure. So it's it's. Plenty of drama, plenty of things coming. We're going to be talking prospects coming up in the uh, in the next couple of weeks. We'll probably get Scott Nickel on uh, from uh, from Milwaukee. Talk about what's going on down on the farm. Lots of good stuff as the off season just gets started for the Nashville Predators and for Slapshot Radio. So, yep, you've just done another hour right here on Slapshot Radio. We'd like to thank our very special guest, the voice of the Predators, Pete Weber, joining us tonight. And you know what? We'd like to thank our sponsors, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries, Carter Church, your real estate expert from KW Murfreesboro, and, of course, Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. When you visit one of our sponsors, tell them you heard about them on Slapshot Radio and thank them for their support. For our producer, Kenny, our co-hosts, Brent Peterson and Zach McCann, I'm Paul McCann saying good night. Penalty Box Radio is up next. And good hockey.